Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Welcome to all of our Oracle Soup friends. This is Katrina Wynn with Gina Feast. <laughs> and we are here to spend a few minutes with you and to share with you some of our ideas, our experience, and to maybe even help you through some tough issues that you may have with your practice. And I think today we're going to tackle one of those tough issues, right, Gina? Yes, we're chopping up the seasoning and the spices to get into, um, I think this is a really important topic. It's really juicy and very important. Yeah. And the topic, well, actually, it was your idea. Why don't you tell them the topic? Well, I thought that we would talk about client attachment, as you called it, or better known as dependency. Um, I've come across a uh, lot of talk about, oh, you know, I don't want my client dependent on my readings, or they seem to be getting dependent, and they're calling me for this and calling me for that. So I wanted to address just dependency and what that's about and getting uh, some clarity around client attachment or if you feel like you have dependent clients or a client may be getting dependent, just some pointers on how to handle that. That sounds really important and I'm guessing this is something that a lot of readers struggle with. So let's do it, okay? Let's see what we can cook up. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next. Okay, welcome back. We're going to get right into today's topic, which is client attachment, also known as dependency. And to kind of set the tone on what I'm talking about here has to deal with many readers may experience as an issue with clients who don't seem to, uh, they seem to lose their, their, their free will (laughs) or they are, it's kind of like repeatedly getting readings on a certain topic or they won't make decisions without speaking to a reader so it's like I have to consult my astrologer first I have to consult my reader first before I do anything what's the next move what do you think the next move should be that sort of thing and some readers are very very adamant about getting away from having a client so dependent on readings to the point where they won't schedule them regularly they'll make them wait three six months whatever time period period out my experience personally is 
if a person needs help, they need help and they may be in crisis mode. So you walk them through that crisis mode. You don't want to abandon them because it may be, you know, it's like, in, they're in the midst of something heavy duty. So you want to walk them through. And so I think it's also very um, important to look at why you feel they're dependent and what are you telling them that creates this dependency. So do you understand what I'm talking about, Katrina? Well, I'm wondering, can you tell the difference when you're working with a client, whether it's what we might call an acute issue, like a short-term issue or more of a chronic long-term issue? Can you tell? Well, sometimes you don't know right at the first initial onset of having a, a client come to you. Sometimes it it, it, it kind of shows up then if it is like, okay, I have this one issue, so I'll call you the next day um, because I've had this or a few days later and I'm putting a different, trying to put a different spin on it. Sometimes it's just like what you would consider just as much as a person feels like they tell you, you know, they're depressed or someone just broke their heart and they don't know what to do, where to turn. So some of the clues is what they're saying. And uh, if, if it's threatening, life-threatening, or if it's a situation where it's just like, I was just kind of wondering, I'm not really sure, I kind of have my mind made up, but I just want to check, something like that. Or I want to look into um, something that's, um, I would say, kind of removed from the mundane, and it's more uh, really broad range, or they may be concerned about spirituality. So they, you know, the spirituality may not, let's say they're, they're looking into path work, or wanting to do some path work. So that's not as critical as you just broke my heart and I feel like, you know, I might want to kill myself. And I'm just using that as a, a to kind of differentiate the seriousness of it. So, um, you know, you can determine by what they're saying and how often they're scheduling and actually what it is. So some things it's like, you know, a person may be struggling with a breakup. So they're kind of they don't have a person to talk to and you become um, kind of that sounding board. So it sounds like you're good at coming in and supporting somebody when they're in a crisis mode. But, of course, we wouldn't want that crisis mode to become a pattern. And that's what we watch out for. It's like crisis. Yeah, you can deal with that pattern. That's when it becomes attachment. Exactly. And so one of the things um, coming out of the arena of doing a bunch of fortune telling psychic work and not to put that in, in type of to offend anybody, but getting to the point where it becomes more about counseling, kind of venturing into, well, you know, giving them things to think about, giving them homework to do. And sometimes it's like getting back to the simple, when is he going to call? Oh, when, (laughs) you know, so it's like after a while you get to learn. It's one of those things I had to learn, get them to explore more or use the opportunity to explore something even maybe that they haven't thought about if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think those are helpful things to support somebody with. And just to also say from my unique point of view that we basically teach our clients how to treat us or interact with us. Uh, it's almost like a Dr. Philism. <laughs> you, tr- you teach people how to treat you. Uh, same thing with readers. You basically set the tone. You let your client know what you're 
boundaries are, what your tolerances are, what you will not tolerate, what they can depend on you for, as well as what they can become dependent with you for or around or about. So if you are the type of reader who basically supports a clientele that's looking for answers to questions, then they're going to start depending on you for answering questions. Uh, if you interact with your clients in such a way to where you support your clients in finding their own answers, which is more of your traditional counseling style, then they're not going to develop that type of dependency. So there's something about there's a danger in a certain territory if you're a question-answering style reader there's that thing, that slippery slope you really do need to watch out for, which is what is an appropriate amount and what is too much, and how do you manage that? Like you gave some great examples, Gina, where some people manage it by just not allowing appointments to be that frequent. Somebody else might manage it by screening the clients and saying, well, this is acute, I can deal with it, that's chronic, that's never going to end, that person doesn't want to change, and they want everybody else to change. <laughs> you know? So you begin to be able to differentiate the different client needs, the patterns around that, and how they best interface with you, or if you want to make a referral to someone else. Part of what I think is important is to uh, help a person understand that this is their life their responsibility, you're only giving snapshots of options, of possibilities. One of the things that I do, because I do a lot of email readings, I have a little thing I'll read really briefly that I include with my email readings. And it says, please know that tarot is a snapshot of the options and possibilities of life. It shows the results of decisions you make and the actions you take. Tarot readings are not the all and final answer, but it always points out structures that you can take into account for knowledge of yourself. And so that, to me, um, I decided to do a while, a long time ago when I first started, because it was just kind of saying that, you know, this is not going to be the final answer. And you are driving this. And I tell my clients that all the time. This is what it shows or, you know, what, you know, get them to participate right. in the reading because it is a two-way street. That is fantastic. I'm so glad that you shared that with people. So while with the little time we have left, how about also addressing, well, what do you do in those cases when you actually, maybe you didn't catch it soon enough and you're beginning to realize you've got a client who truly is attached to you or your advice or they become dependent on you how do you wean them in other words <laughs> the way that i do it is so subtle but it's really about guess what asking them questions you know kind of turning the question around or if they're asking questions sometimes people just want to talk so you just be the ear and not telling them anything and so once they are using again it's the sounding board and once they kind of just get it expressed out you know you may simply ask so what do we want to look at 
you know, they may have, they're just trying to find something to um, kind of, if it's, if it is, for example, a crisis, they're trying to find a sense of normalcy. So it's about listening and trying to just guide them back to, you know, you can only control you. You can't control circumstances. You can't control other people. You can just control you. So one of it, it comes into being able to, um, I guess, advise, counsel, and, and know a little bit about counseling and kind of where yeah. you're directing instead of making those decisions. And so it's like you've got to get to a point where it's like you kind of giving them back control, so to speak, um, so that they understand that, wow, I really am driving this. And so it takes some time. Sometimes they're just in a crisis mode and you just say, you know what, this is kind of you you kind of start asking them questions so that they dig deeper and they start finding their own answers because then they get it that or you know that's what you're aiming for for them to get that they're driving it absolutely and so two things i noticed that you said um one of them which i thought was really beautiful is that you shifted from focusing on the cards and only reading the cards to actually reading the client and caring about them and trying to intervene and use different tactics to bring their awareness back to the fact that they actually do have choices and they do have power and they also have responsibilities but the other thing i heard and this is the part that makes me a little nervous sometimes. And I'm sh- it's not just Eugene. I'm sure everybody says this, but not everybody, but some people is that giving them back control. And that goes back to a huge issue about control and that whole idea of rank and privilege and, and who's running the show in the first place. So that's something I would like to leave us with is just a question and to put out to our listeners is when you have your style in your readings is there a person who's in charge is there a person who's in control is it a mutual thing is it a shared thing uh where do you draw the lines around those things and that's very very important and just a small clarification is in terms of their life feels out of control so not necessarily you're controlling everything (laughs) it's that their life is so chaotic and out of control it's about getting getting them to get back control that sort of way too. Absolutely. Thank you for that clarification. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, boy, are we cooking on gas today? (laughs) We're, We're dealing with a tough one and I'm sure this is more common than we would like to think. I'm hoping people realize they have other options and you made some really great suggestions. Thanks, Gina. Oh, well, you're very welcome. And I want to invite in terms of this topic, if anyone has any experiences, any input, any other things that they want to share, please do uh, make sure that you send them to us Um, on Facebook is a very good way to contact us. And that's facebook.com slash Oracle Soup. And uh, or even if you want to contact us individually, Katrina has her website, which is Oh, tarotcounseling.org. And then the email is mail at tarotcounseling.org. And my email is advisor at tarotadvisor.com or tarotadvisor at icloud.com. And so you can reach us there. And of course, at oraclesoup.org, any of those channels, we welcome any feedback, any suggestions for topics as well. And, you know, you can also send us psychic signals and messages we'll probably pick them up but we sure prefer the other ones 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, great show, great topic. Wow. I'm sure there's going to be more to come on this topic. Absolutely, my dear. <laughs> All right. Take care. Until next time. for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn, at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. So